Welcome to The Inbox. On this series, we are chatting to decision makers and prospects about what their inbox looks like and how we can stand out from it. So let's crack on with this episode. You're about to hear from Francesco Gabani, who is the head of sales at Aminitiz, and here's what you can expect from this episode. And it seems like the devices that we're reading emails on or we're reading everything on are getting smaller and smaller. Do you use your phone also when you're reading um, LinkedIn messages as well? Yeah, everything. 100%, yeah. I, I read most of the content that I receive on different platforms on my phone. Uh, and I think, you know, this is something that every salesperson has to keep in mind, particularly yeah. when you start, you know, trying to reach out with, you know, uh, higher level people in different companies. They kind of had the tendency to look at the messages they receive, their emails, anything like that. Uh, outside of their normal working hours or during their lunch break and so on. So they usually do that on a device, which means that you also need to adapt your content on that, right? Yeah. It means that if you send a LinkedIn message or if you're sending an email or anything like that, it has to be adapted to be easy to read and fast to read in a short period of time on that device. So you're about to hear from someone who gets prospected daily. So it's super, super interesting to hear the different types of outreach that he's actually getting, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and how someone can stand out in Francesco's inbox. But thanks for joining this episode, and I'm super excited for you to hear some juicy nuggets from Francesco. So let's do this. So I want to get an understanding of what your inbox looks like. You're a lot of people's uh, decision maker, a lot of people are prospecting you. So I want to know how hectic your inbox is. And when I say inbox, I don't just mean email. I mean phone, LinkedIn, email. I want to know how crazy it is and how full it is of uh, sales outreach at the moment. My uh, my emails is kind of my safe place. It's the place where I keep everything tidy. I do get between two and five uh, cold emails per day. Um, rarely something really stands out. Sometimes I do get, you know, that piece of content that is really, really interesting to read. Uh, and usually it's something that really differs from everything else. Might be a good subject, might be something that really relates to what I'm doing in that specific moment. Uh, and most of the time it's something creative. So it's not just standard and definitely it's not something tricky, you know, like it's not something saying, hey, uh, our call on Tuesday at nine and, you know, never heard about you ever before. Yeah. And I'm just like avoiding that. Um, Let's dig into the generic examples that you're getting. What, what do these look like? I want to dig into the generic examples and I want to uh, look at some of the good examples that you've mentioned that are maybe more creative. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, the generic example is just that, that copy and paste email that you realize is not customized at all on what you're doing. It's completely out of context in the sense it's uh, not targeting what you're doing or what the company you work for is doing. Uh, it's usually way too long, which, you know, nobody wants to read, particularly if you open, you know, from your phone, you just open it and it just doesn't make, uh, like it's, it's just, uh, something that you understand has not been thought through. And it's just like in terms of volumes and not quality, yeah. uh, on the other end, the good examples are those that really tap into what you're doing in that specific moment. Uh, so someone that really dedicated the time, you know, to read through what your company is doing, uh, what you're doing in that specific, you know, uh, quarter, for example, you did this very well, I think, you know, you realized you, you saw that uh, we are hiring a lot, we're looking for, you know, a new, a lot of new um, salespeople, and you're saying, hey, 
I noticed this. I think our solution can help us out. That's a very specific context. And that's basically what allowed you right, to have a meeting with us and sit down. Uh, and usually what I really, really enjoy is honesty. And I know that when I say this sounds very generic, but it's the fact that someone just like puts themselves out there and just really try you know, to say, hey, I generally think this can help you. I generally want to help you out. I generally think this solution is good for you. So I would love to have a chat with you about that. Yeah, I think as long as it starts with personalization and from that, you can see that someone is generally interested in you, then I think it's a great approach to just be like, look, I want to help you. So let's have a quick call. And if it fits, great. And if not, we can walk away as friends. You mentioned something there about how uh, you're reading your emails on, on your phone, which is a, a really interesting topic because when I spoke with our CRO, Steve, he says he uh, reads a lot of his uh, emails on his Apple Watch. And it seems like the devices that we're reading emails on or we're reading everything on are getting smaller and smaller. Do you use your phone also when you're reading um, LinkedIn messages as well? Or do you kind of do it from your, yeah, everything? 100%, yeah. I, I read most of the content that I receive on different platforms on my phone. Uh, and I think... You know, this is something that every salesperson has to keep in mind, particularly yeah. when you start, you know, trying to reach out with, you know, uh, higher level people in different companies. They kind of have the tendency to look at the messages they receive, their emails, anything like that, uh, outside of their normal working hours or during their lunch break and so on. So they usually do that on a device, which means that you also need to adapt your content on that, right? Yeah. It means that if you send a LinkedIn message or if you're sending an email or anything like that, it has to be adapted to be easy to read and fast to read in a short period of time on that device. Yeah, I think we, f we forget about it. I, I certainly do forget about it. And sometimes when I look at the messages I'm I've said, I'm like, oh, that, that was a bit long. And on this topic, do you, do you get many phone calls as well? Um, no, I actually don't. Um, I do care a lot actually about my privacy in that sense. I keep my phone number very very private. So I, I guess it would be very hard to reach out to me yeah. on my mobile phone. Um, on my, you know, office number, uh, rarely receive calls uh, at this stage. So no, to be honest, that's not really a big thing for me. I guess LinkedIn is just the battlefield where I receive the majority of outreach attempts yeah. uh, from, uh, from different companies and representatives. Uh, and I guess it's completely normal. I guess also there though, compared to emails where you know, it's easier for someone to kind of sort them out and reply to them later and like just collect uh, everything and keep it tidy. On LinkedIn is really, really, either it's a one shot, right? Like either you get my attention right away or I'm actually not going to engage with that. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes it's something really interesting. I'm busy. I just leave it on and read them, do that later. Uh, but most of the time- Hard to manage though, isn't it? I do the same. I have uh, people asking um, if I'll spend time with them and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get back to that. Um, and I leave it as unread and then um, a day later I have so many more and I'm like oh god I forgot to get all this yeah. yeah it's really hard to manage what are the ones that mm -hmm. kind of stand out to you and look interesting again like not just to sound you know um, yeah not just to say probably the most common answer but I guess when you go into something short to the point customized to indeed that specific moment and situation and also something that maybe it's just me, but I really don't like excessive formality when I'm receiving an 
message on LinkedIn, I think, to be honest, might be, you know, uh, going forward, we're going to see that less and less in terms of like formality. I think it just creates already this power imbalance even before starting a conversation. And I just feel like, hey, if you want to tell me something, just do that in the simplest possible way. Uh, I don't need, you know, that type of thing. And uh, also really helps me to understand the type of person you are more. If that makes sense. How do you communicate? And how are you going to use the time we're going to spend together talking about your solution in the future, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So human um, and being more specific about what you're actually wanting to achieve from your outreach. Um, do you think it's just the sales persona that prefers this more kind of human informal or do you know people internally within your company who are of a different persona and also like the more human and less formal approach to be honest um nowadays considering the way people work and all you know fast paced the just like the workforce has has gone everybody has very little time particularly in, in any company particularly companies that use most of the solutions that are offered by those reps that uh, reach out to them. This means that I think formality is just gonna get lost very quickly. And the future of, of outreaching is just gonna be more and more uh, informal, more and more direct, uh, more and more consultative in that sense, yeah. uh, where, you know, like actually the mentality of the reps, what, what I hope and what I, at least I try to share with, uh, with uh, our sales team is that Ideally, you are the one assessing whether that uh, that lead is potentially a good customer for the company, not the other way around. Yeah. So, you know, the, in terms of formality, you want to lose that because there's really no, no need for that. Yeah, I uh, completely agree. Do you get any other, you mentioned about creativity at the beginning. Do you get any more creative approaches that make you think, oh, wow, I really want to speak to this person? Um, yeah, uh, I guess my third one, um these days is uh videos so when i do receive a customized video it's always fun yeah. uh, i think people yeah. are really creative uh i think you did that as well indeed yeah. uh, and <laughs> i think i think it's a very strong tool i actually still remember the first time i received one it was about in three or four years ago and it was really not seen as something and uh you know i was like oh wow someone sent me a video i just open it and someone saying my name and, you know, saying about something I posted and I was like, what is this sorcery? It is just like amazing. I love it. Like, I want to talk to this person. Uh, so I guess, you know, for me, at least at the moment, that's my favorite, uh, you know, way. But also I am a very visual person in the sense that like, I really enjoy content like that. Um, I think voice messages is something now is also picking up a little bit. Personally, not a necessarily a big lover of that. Okay. Uh, if I never talked to you before and I receive a message like that, I, I just feel awkward. Um, do you mean voicemails, yeah, like when someone leaves you a answer phone message, or do you mean uh, voice notes? No, no, as a voice note. Sorry. Okay. So a voice That's note. Interesting. You don't like them. <laughs> uh, I mean, if I never, I think it can be an effective tool. Uh, I, I do see the value of that. Uh, I just feel like if I never talked to you before. Uh, it's a little bit like step, and you know, it's, it's not, it's out of context, right? Like in an email, I can kind of read the first or in a message or in a video. Like usually if I get a couple lines of text first, I know what it is about. But if I just receive a plain voice note, I'm like, I have no idea what this is about. Does so it not tempt you at all to click and listen on it? Or are you just more of a person who's like, I don't want to click on this? 
I usually listen to that at some point, uh, and sometimes I regret doing it. Uh, <laughs> like i'm just there i'm like ah, okay this is like this is here okay sure let's open it but yeah so, so let's let's dig into this a bit how would you want to receive a voicemail would you a voice note on linkedin would you prefer them to add a bit of text before and then add it in or and what would this text above in your ideal situation look like so yes i would definitely prefer to have some text before um something very quick that tells me what it is about what to expect in the message right so if you are proposing, you know, a CRM solution, let's say, right? Uh, I want you to tell me very quickly in the text, hey, uh, I think your solution can help you out based on this, this, and this. I'm gonna dig a little bit more into this in this voice. No, take your time, reply to me whenever you have time. Something like that. Okay, cool. Because what I've, and I'd like to get your uh, feedback on this, because I'm a big voice note person. I love videos and I love voice notes. Um, just because they're actually a lot quicker for me as well to do. But what I tend to do, and please be brutally honest with me if you uh, like this or you hate it, is I'll be like, look, I can see you're hiring. And I had a, a quick question after reading the job description for this role. And I'll put dot, 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 and then I'll add in a voice note. So, I mean, I think that's already specific enough to... Uh, you know, get my attention and making me want to listen to that answer. I also, uh, again, based on my experience interacting with you in the past, you you use a lot of different touch points, right? So most likely that's not going to be the only thing you're going to send to me. You're mm -hmm. going to complement that with a lot of other things. And that kind of like, you know, all kind of blends together and connects into something that then at the very end makes me want to listen to that as much as listen, uh, sorry, watch maybe one of your uh, videos as much as read to your emails and I think that's also the key right like you well want to customize and you don't want to give up on the first attempt you want to try maybe reach out in different ways and ultimately all these things are going to adapt to the point that kind of brings value so in your case I think that's a good approach I think that's something I but would if I didn't if I didn't follow up or I didn't have other touch points you maybe wouldn't like that approach it's not that I wouldn't like it. I generally think that if you just catch me at a bad time because I'm busy, it's a busy week or something like that, I might just forget. Uh, and I think that kind of applies to every single outreach attempt you would do, right? Uh, so I think in general, if you look at what you know most uh, reps do, they kind of give up before yeah. before actually getting through, right? And like I think on average, we're talking about 10 to 15 at you know, touch points before actually getting a reply, which is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It's increasing so really every single year as well. I remember years ago, it was maybe like five. And then now this year, there's stats where it's like 21 touch points and things like that. Do you ever find yourself that you're inside someone's cadence or their sequence, but you're very aware of it and it's more annoying than helpful for you? Um, yes. Uh, and I think, well, that's basically the, you know, the dark side, I guess, of uh, automation in some cases and yeah. excessive attempts to customize your content in a way that just doesn't really work. Like I'll give you an example, right? I, I was I was living in the Netherlands uh, and uh, well, I do not speak Dutch at <laughs> all. Uh, and at some point I just got into 
you know, like this, uh, this cadence of someone completely in Dutch. And I was just like, at some point is completely off, right? Like I don't speak the language. He didn't yeah. do anything, right? And uh, I think that is so also, you know, like even after I actually got reached out by a representative of that company in English, but I was already completely off because to me, the, I attached them to that brand, that type of behavior yes. that I really dislike. And I think that's really, really, really important, right? When, when you think about these things, it's also, it's not just about that specific cadence or that act, but it's the consequence it has on the perception that other people have of your mm -hmm. services mm -hmm. and your rent, yeah. Yeah, I, I like this topic. I spoke to someone about it yesterday and people do kind of get into the trap of just relying on them and then almost becoming uh, a bit annoying because yes, it takes 21 touch points, but it doesn't mean those 21 touch points need to be templated and generic emails. They need to be actually uh, thoughtful. Um, I mean, I think there is so many you know, details into this in terms of uh, depends who you are targeting, uh, depends on your product, on your product market fit, on the seasonality. There's so many elements, right? Uh, when we're talking about average touch points, you need to reach out to someone is really, really general. And mm. uh, I think it makes sense that it's getting more and more, as you said, because, well, people are developing resistance to outreach methods because more and more company are, you know, uh, well, already for a few years, but we are receiving more and more the value that gets created out of, uh, you know, outbound and outreach. So of course, there's more and more people doing it and people are being more resistant to it. Uh, and that's why I guess going back to what we were talking earlier, so creativity, differentiating, uh, and you know, definitely finding your ways to approach people is gonna be what will bring success to those people that do that. When yeah. we're talking about yeah. automation specifically, I think that the issue is when you think about it as a shortcut. I don't think there's shortcuts in this job. No, right. there's no shortcuts you need to you need to really uh put the time and the effort into that and you think if you think you're gonna stand out uh among thousands of people trying to reach out to someone just by you know trying to make it automatic it's not gonna work no yeah 100 percent, definitely creativity and it comes back to that point you mentioned about just being human and being really to the point instead of mm -hmm writing an absolute essay that no one's gonna no one's gonna read um something i want to ask you about um being from european countries and living in other european countries as well and with it coming up to christmas a lot of objections we're getting at the moment is oh it's christmas reach back to us in january or when it's summer months um everyone will be like oh it's summer reach back to us next quarter but I want to dig into this because I want to hear your perspective around this. If it's more of a convenience objection saying, oh, it's Christmas, so let's talk next year. Oh, it's summer, let's talk next quarter. Is it more of a convenience excuse or an objection? Or is it actually that you're generally crazy busy and it's really difficult to get hold of you in these different seasonalities or end of quarters, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, I guess it's a mix of factors. To be honest, I think it once again, right? Uh, when you're when you're trying to reach out to someone, uh, you need to consider well what industry are they in, like how much do you know seasonality and holidays 
actually impact that. So I'm in the hospitality industry, right? Uh, of course, seasonality into that is really, really, really important. So it does make sense that, you know, certain prospects or certain uh, um, potential, yeah, leads are, of course, very busy in a specific period of the year. And you need to consider that because going back to being honest and humble and caring about the people you're talking to, if you do not respect their timing and if you do not respect um, basically their their work, automatically you're going to lose their trust even before starting, right? So what I think about that is that it doesn't matter what your seasonality is. Um, definitely holidays usually are about the same all over, kind of all over the world uh, on certain periods of the year. And that to me kind of leads to something really important, which is the, the best time to nurture your pipeline. That's the time where you actually just provide value without expecting anything back and you take that into account, right? So it's the time that you call that lead that already told you that wants to do uh, you know, the demo or really wants to talk to you in the next quarter and you just say, hey, I'm just generally calling you to know how you're doing, how's the business going, how's the end of the year? You know, building that trust and relationship and basically you're just shifting that slightly further maybe, but sometimes you might be completely surprised by the reaction that people have. They yeah. might all of a sudden, right, get super interested and say, hey, wow, really appreciate that. Tell me a little bit again. Okay, maybe I got some time for you, right? Yeah. So in these busier months leading up to Christmas or summer and a quarter for you, for someone to book a meeting with you, it's more of a, this person is being a human. They're being uh, respective of my time and they're adding value to me. I mean, I think that's the core in general of sales going forward. And I think yeah. that, uh, you know, like, yeah, of course, when we look at that, what I mean by, you know, seasonality and respecting time of others is the fact that there is no way to push someone into do something they do not want and people don't like that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it doesn't mean that you should not try. And it doesn't mean that, you know, as a rep or, uh, you know, someone in a sales organization, you should not still attempt to bring you know, revenue to your business mm. uh, in those months. But at the same time, it just means that mentally you should acquire even more the concept of, I know it's a busy time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just acknowledgement of it, yeah. I, I personally think some people use it as a bit of an excuse, being like, oh, it's summer, yeah. we can't book meetings. Oh, it's nearly Christmas, we can't book meetings. But I'm, I think you're completely right. Like just adding value, but also reaching out and acknowledging, look, I know you're crazy busy, but if you give me 15 minutes because this is all the research I've done this is how much I think you can help we can help you but yeah again I appreciate you're busy but yeah um acknowledging and adding value during busy times I like that yeah. I, have, I have one last question for you um which I think you've kind of answered already but I'm gonna just ask it anyway I want to know in your opinion what you think the future of prospecting is going to look like that's that's really a great question and it's something that I try to dedicate some time every day mentally to think about okay yeah. what you know <laughs> what generally this is going to look like uh, next year or even just in like six months from now next year in five years so I think that the more we are going forward uh, mm -hmm. the more um, sales is um, somewhat becoming into consulting 
in the sense that uh, basically, as I mentioned earlier, we, the organizations, people are developing stronger resistance to traditional selling methodologies, uh, which automatically means that you need to add value and quality to any type of content you communicate out there when you're trying to sell something. So particularly when it comes to prospecting, I think that the future is very, very high quality trained uh, uh, reps. Uh, recently, I was reading someone saying, wow, it's crazy. Like the salaries of SDRs and account executives are uh, you know, over the top. And I'm like, well, that's basically as much as consultants used to get paid in entry-level jobs because that's what yeah. they're becoming, right? They're much more skilled, they're much more qualified. They can bring value. They have, you know, business acumen, uh, and I think this is really the direction that is gonna is gonna take. And I think that, uh, you know, there's gonna be increasing um, value uh, attached to the capabilities of sales organizations to just talk to people and do uh, what they do, not just out of creating revenue, but yeah. contributing to the whole organization by being the face of it in a very, very you know, strong way through the quality of the content they spread around. And that goes from a conversation privately with someone onto you know, presenting their product at a fair, anything like that. It's just gonna be generally more um, overarching than the organization. Yeah, I think if you're creating a relationship with someone, the, the issue is that timing. Timing isn't always right. But you're right, by having this consultative and relationship approach, when timing is right, they're going to obviously come back to you. Um, I think it's difficult to achieve this today when SDRs and account executives have such uh, high KPIs and targets. They tend to try and focus on the easy wins rather than creating these relationships. But these easy wins uh, aren't scalable it's the relationships that are going to come back and help you meet those targets might not be immediately but it's going to be in the future so yeah love that answer it's the same for a lot of people I've spoken to about being more consultative being more knowledgeable and creating actual relationships instead of just one-off interactions again I guess for anyone that is uh, that has experienced this job right they you you learn well at the very beginning of course you want to bring results quickly and you yeah. are all about the quick wins and partially makes makes sense that you have that instinct but the more you do this the more you realize the value of, of building the long-term pipeline uh by you know just remembering that small detail that that prospect told you about you know where their kids live or you know yeah. <laughs> um, what dog do they have or anything like that and just calling back hey how did that thing go for you and you know, that creates that human connection and that builds trust, which ultimately leads to them believing what you're saying. Wow. Because at the very end, right, like nobody's successful in sales by just selling, you're successful by building trust and making people believe that what you're saying is true because there's no way for them to know yeah. until they actually do it. And being a human, I love that one as well, just being a human. But thanks, Francesco, for joining me on episode five. And thanks, everybody, for listening.